Okay, I'm joined by Safia Qureshi, the CEO of Cup Club. Thank you for joining me, Safia. Hi, my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and it is a Friday evening, as we were just saying, so thank you for taking the time. Um, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And really the reason I wanted to speak with you um, is there, it's a site or a stat I saw on your, on your site, which is that over 14 million disposable coffee cups are used every day. And yeah. that's just in the UK. So that's, if I'm not mistaken, if I did my math correctly, yeah, that's, right. that's like 1.5 billion or something uh, per year. Yeah. And the global is 250 billion. It's crazy. And only 1% are being recycled. And so what you're trying to do is actually remove, essentially remove all of those cups from being used sure. at all. Sure. Um, before we jump into it, I'm curious to know where exactly are you taking this call from? Um, so I'm in London. Um, this is actually my home studio. Uh, so you're, you're seeing my uh, architecture books, design books, travel books. Yeah. Um, I think there's a Robert Fisk back there. There's some random other books. So hopefully viewers are finding this semi-interesting and intriguing to get to know some background. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is home studio. So home, you know, work from home sometimes remotely if I have to. Got my little uh, station. Yeah, excellent. I'm in my home studio as well, which basically consists of my computer being turned back to a wall. Um, I put a plant here to make it look <laughs> eco-friendly. Um, yeah. But yes, I'm at my living room Great. table. So home studio is the way to go forward, I think. That's where it all started. I'm, I'm staring at my kitchen table, which is just there. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Homegrown. <laughs> <The> origins. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so I'd love um, to, to jump into it. Um, and I think a really yeah, great way good. to start is actually um, to kind of ask the question that's always asked at any networking event, essentially, uh, rather than saying, what do you do? I'm curious to know what your two-sentence elevator pitch about Cup Club is. Right. Okay. To who, though? Like, who Good would be the audience for this question. Yeah. Um, let's say you don't know who I am, or perhaps to someone who um, just kind of heard about you for a second. They're like, huh, Cup Club. Okay. What okay. is that? Okay. Okay. So my two-minute uh, two minute or two seconds? So two two sentences. Yeah. Two sentences. Yeah. So nice. Uh, elevator pitch would be... Um, we're on a mission to eliminate single-use plastics uh, by building uh, one of the best food systems in the world. Um, that includes uh, a returnable packaging system to eliminate waste, so a zero-waste future, starting with drinks. Um, wow. So if anybody wants to understand well, cups, <laughs> it's, it's you know, the first product, if you, if you see what I mean. It's not... Um, it's not all of it. The club model is to allow for many different types of products and, you know, to come along and enter. But certainly, we know that the future should be about zero waste. It should mm -hmm. be less about this high consumerism impact. Um, and we we know how to do this. It's 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 genuinely not very complex. And so yeah, that that's more than two seconds. Uh, two sentences for sure. Two yeah, each sentence had a lot of commas, so <laughs> perfect, it fit. Um, so the interesting thing, and we, we were talking about this about being 1% being recycled. Um, one thing I noticed on from reading about Cup Club is only 2% of com consumers own a reusable cup. Um, right, I, so exactly. So yeah. you, you've probably heard a lot of marketing and a lot of um, 
communications from various brands saying, hey, you know, we've got uh, we've got a lot of people who come in and, you know, we've got options and we get discounts for people who want to come and bring in their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the data will tell you that's a 92, 98% split. Um, so the reality of how many people actually take that offer up is very small. Yeah, exactly. Um, yet the proportion of the communications behind that is so intriguingly large and you wonder if it's so amazing, why isn't everybody doing it? And, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, admittedly, yeah. I, I, have, um, I have more than one reusable cup. And right. the number of yeah. times I've used it. It's <laughs> sitting in a cupboard shelf. Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's tucked behind things and it's hard yeah. to get to. And especially, and I know you've said this before, oftentimes going to somewhere like a coffee shop is sometimes yeah. it's accidental. So you don't really plan for it. Sure. And I'm not going to be carrying this thing around with me all day, every day in my backpack. Yeah. I mean, that's not very convenient. No, it's not. And my, you know, I always crack this joke. It's quite a popular one. It's it's basically something as simple as saying the future isn't about carrying a picnic set with you. Yeah. Um, we, it certainly isn't our future from, from, from our perspective. It's not saying to somebody, carry your own water bottle, carry your own reusable cup and your own food box. And also your knives and sport, uh, your sporks or your yeah. knives and forks with you. And that's absurd. That's insane. Um, and actually, this is a future that we see as a very plausible future mm. uh, where you you purchase something, you're given uh, the the drink, the, the food, whatever it is, in a reusable to-go container. It's as simple as that. And our headache is making that happen and producing the product and technology and making it a, a financially viable business model for all of the brands to be participating in this. And That's our job. So, so a consumer, it's super easy. Yeah, and if we dig into that exactly a little bit further, because I think it's a, it's an interesting idea that sort of borrows from other concepts and is making it specifically for reusable cups, uh, and then you'll go grow grow it from there as you were saying. So, um, basically, Cup Club, what it is in the way I understood it is there are reusable cups that like a coffee shop, for example, has, or you can go to a university. There's, you can do it in stadiums. And yeah. rather than buying a plastic or a paper cup, yeah. the, uh, the people actually give you a cup that you yeah. use, and then you can return it at a station somewhere placed around sure. somewhere. Is that generally the idea? Yeah, it's a network. So you can buy within any of the participating um, businesses, retailers, whether they're high street or mainstream cafes or mm -hmm. stores, or um, you can find Cup Club in HQ offices and airports and um, shopping malls in major uh, events, uh, parks, um, cinemas. That's kind of us connecting all of those dots yeah. where you already get a coffee. So imagine where your experience is of having a coffee. Um, we have a solution to service that. So the idea is that you can take away from any of those locations and return to any of those locations. Gotcha. And so what are the, um, what are the cups actually made from? Right. So we went through actually a very extensive research process in, into understanding the material what was beneficial from a consumer uptake perspective, from a um, just a practicality perspective, so operational, um, mm -hmm. supply chain, sourcing, energy, 
also recyclability at end of life perspective. Um, and a lot of the functional things such as do people like to, you know, would, what material would they be okay with drinking from? So those kind of things. So interestingly, when we looked across and we tested everything from stainless steel, aluminium, uh, I think we even looked at hemp. Um, we looked at obviously ceramics, glass, then we looked at uh, plant-based alternative plastic. We also then looked at uh, regular plastics. And we did this whole matrix to figure out, well, which material is the best based on all of these requirements. So um, not just the consumer's requirements, but we have to think of all the stakeholders. And then also uh, from a carbon footprint perspective. So interestingly, from the research that we got gathered from consumers, um, they're sort of used to drinking from paper plastic. So it's very light. And remember when you are designing for change or anything that this is definitely a change, this is step mm -hmm. change, not even like an incremental tiny change. Whenever you're designing for that, what you're trying to do is uh, reduce the number of changes you're making as, as much as you can. So you can't, I mean, it's really hard to suddenly um completely evolve a a new system into things that nobody recognizes like there's no incremental part of it whatsoever so we wanted to try and look at a material that an individual would wouldn't feel that this is so removed from what i'm used to mm -hmm. that i i don't enjoy this or i don't um i don't i don't why am i having to pick this option so yeah. Interestingly, the research said that people don't like drinking from metal because of the metallic feel against, uh, for many reasons, the teeth, the, the metal feel when you put it to your mouth, the temperature that it obviously has a uh, mm -hmm. higher absorption on immediate temperature. Um, but in some other aspects, um, so steel and aluminium are kind of attractive from just a pure material perspective. Um, and then, of course, comparing that to what retailers might need from that material, their uh, evaluation was also very different. Um, then from a manufacturing perspective, um, there's not a lot of capabilities that you can, uh, that are available to you uh, from, from actual sort of production perspective for metal. It's not, it's not injection moldable. It's, it's harder to do anything that can really engineer um, and for the requirements that we had, we had to connect all our packaging um, to the web, which meant that there was right. a requirement, right? So that, that isolated and only gave us a very small window of potential technologies, which we knew wasn't scalable. Mm -hmm. so, so we rattled it down and we got to a couple of options that we felt were the strongest. And we've decided that currently based on the market and where we are, we're using the most commonly and widely recyclable plastics available to us, okay. which are high grade, high grade food plastics. So we are using polypropylene for our cups and we're using uh, low density, low density polyethylene for our lids. And so all of this is really recyclable. This is all 100% recyclable. Mm -hmm. And so that fits in very well. If you think about the, um, the long-term picture for us was how do we use these products to make new products? How do we make this more regenerative? Um, 
our future hopefully will be to remove all fossil fuel um, materials from our supply chain, 100% for me. Um, that's, an important, that's an important feature. However, uh, when we tested a lot of the plant-based options that we, and we, we genuinely, we were, <laughs> we're, we're putting anything into our molds to see what would work and, yeah. and looking at this. Um, these, these particular materials weren't surviving for the number of reuses that we require this product to have. So from a carbon perspective, it is important to have a product in circulation for as long as possible um, so that you can maximize all that embodied, embodied energy, right? So I don't want to just be able to use my product 30 times, 50 times. Uh, that's not a lot of reuse. Um, I would like to design products that can be used for months on end and they retain their quality and they're able to be um, sent through the system multiple times. So, so we are engineering. I mean, I'd like to see a future where we find plant-based alternatives for the materials we have that um, can withstand multi-use, like truly. Um, so that's our vision. And in the interim, we are moving forward with materials that we know have a very high value within a supply chain for recyclability. And how do you... Um... How do you keep track of how many times each cup was used? Right. So the beauty of having uh, technology embedded in each product is you know how many times it's gone round in, in, in you know, a, a reuse circuit. Mm -hmm. So each, and I want to say each product, as in the lid has its own RFID, the cup has its own RFID, our cases have their own RFID. And when it's distributed, so if, when it gets to a customer, uh, it's logged, okay, location, time, customer, A. Then when a consumer takes it away, uh, the log for that ID, then below that will say, okay, then timestamp this, now it's with a consumer. Uh, then when that consumer returns it to a case and we collect it, it says, okay, now we have collected it, timestamp, blah, 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 and it comes back to us. Um, where it's then unpacked, washed and sanitized, packed and sent back out the next day. So that's one loop. And we are then able to um, realistically know how many times each product is, is reused. Um, and we've measured our entire supply chain. So we, we actually brought in some consultants to look at um, our system and service and measure how much CO2 we save on a per use basis. And so then we calculate for a customer or a consumer and we can oh, cool. exactly how much on an individual level they have saved in CO2 by opting in for Cup Club. And then also on the customer level, how much CO2 they have saved by serving a consumer with one of our products versus a disposable. Do you have any kind of figures that you can throw out, generally speaking? I have um, you have this incredible uh, sustainability report from 2018 on your website. It's like, how right. Many, I'm just looking at it right now. It's like 50 pages long or something. Right. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the, those are the those are our team of consultants who we brought in. To it's incredible. That. It's so in depth. You just yeah. scroll, 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 and like the little bar on the side isn't really moving, and there's just so much information. Well, it's ISO certification, so you you can't mess you can't really mess around with a life cycle. Yeah. Assessment. It's it, it only you can only produce it if you have real data. It's not hypothetical. Um, 
there's no like let's make this up and, and just throw some numbers at it you know, mm-hmm. at consultancy that um that we worked with which is amazing they're uh, mark and um rob they're a great team and when we started it was quite a lot of work for us because um we had to gather all of this data so they asked for about 90 data sets and we had to from the moment where the material is so Source plastics, where they come from, so the origin. You have to start from the origin of the product, through to where is that plastic actually moved? Where is your manufacturing hub? Uh, through to okay, well, once it's made, uh, where does it then get distributed to? And then once it arrives there, uh, how is it actually managed? So how is it washed? What are the machines? What are the salts? How much water? How much energy? Then what vehicles is it put in? Uh, which vehicle type is it? Um, and what fuel does a vehicle use? And what is the distance radius that those vehicles are going to be moving? Um, and then when the product is actually collected, when it's brought back, and then how many times are you expecting this to work? And, and then all we of compare the- that with the equivalent of a single use cup times the number of reuses that we get. We get. Um, what I'm curious about, and, and you mentioned this at the beginning is, so I've, I've now gotten a cup from sure coffee shop and I'm wandering around maybe I I live in London this is my London home studio so um, I go on the tube for example and then I appear in Oxford Circus and it's busy crowded wandering around I'm done with my coffee where do I put it any of that network that I mentioned so Mm -hmm. um, we have a similar you could compare cup club to any on-the-go um, product that you've borrowed from any location. So think of like um, uh, e-scooters or uh, e- some kind of like uh, re- e-bike, um, anything where you have a start and stop journey. Yeah. Now, um, some of those e-scooter companies, you can just drop them anywhere. It's not an issue. but. Um, where there, there's a requirement to find a specific spot, you do all of that from the start to the end in-app. And mm-hmm. we have exactly the same offer. So our product offer to consumers, and then obviously we add the retailer locations in, is that you have to be a digital, uh, real digital person to be able to use this service. So you download, put your details in, then you scan your QR at checkout, and then... Um, you can see in your dashboard how many products you have, and then off you go. And then when you're done, you basically can go back in app and see where the location drop points are and return the product. So it'll show you the nearest three or four or however you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we give people the ability to return it within a certain amount of time or keep it and then purchase the product as well. It's up to them. Gotcha. So basically, um, I'm, it sounds like their card is probably tied to the app so that... If they don't return it, then they yes. buy it. Yes, basically. And it's free otherwise if they return it. Mm-hmm. So it, I've heard you said that, I've heard you say basically that when I buy a coffee or any other drink at a participating yeah. retailer, I'm given the choice, right, of do you want to re, a reusable cup or do you want a disposable one? Sure. Um, so that's the choice that I'm given. And I can just sign up right then and there? At... Yeah, you just download. Off you go. It takes literally two seconds. Yeah. Super easy. It's designed for speed. So, I mean, um, the some retailers actually are not using single use at all. 
Mm. They've gone all zero waste stores. And they're like, that's their that's their vision. They're like, we're not interested in um, even dispensing any more disposable packaging. And that's that's a really bold mission. We're seeing um, we're seeing more and more brands, interestingly, in the U.S. decide that, and that's that's commendable. Yeah. So um, and that's public knowledge. So they would already know. Okay, that we're not going to get a two go disposable cup with um, with so and so brands. So that. When they do go in and they get the option of takeaway, it's as convenient as it kind of was before. The only difference is you have to return it. So it's about densification. So densification has to, you always have edge peripherals in every dense network where the demand isn't as high or people certainly just, there are very few uh, cafes or et cetera, mm-hmm. in certain more rural fringes. And usually that's where you're, you know, your network would start to bleed and end. Yeah. So if you were beyond any of those fringe edges and you went off, the likelihood of you being able to return it anywhere outside that is quite low. You'd have mm. to come back more into the central dense network area. Makes sense. And I mean, you have enough time to do that because it doesn't have to be returned within like 20 minutes. So Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. So you can sort that out. You can manage that yourself. That's not a problem. Yeah. And so once it's um once it's actually returned, it's in, it sits in a special case and yeah. then it gets picked up and where exactly is it cleaned? So we have our own uh, supply chain set up to collect, sanitize, wash, dry and get the product back within 24 hours. That's quick. Yeah. Is there ever a concern from anyone about the cleanliness of the product or everyone's? No. Um, our, I mean, our suppliers, the way that we've set it up, it's like the same as any restaurant hospitality mm-hmm. standard. We, we adhere to the same standards. It's, I mean, it's not rocket science. Um, yeah. It's an expectation that everybody has that um, something that I pick up and that I use for any kind of food and beverage is to a certain uh, requirement of hygiene standards, et cetera. So uh, we understand that and we would expect the same. If I was somebody who was a stranger coming to this, I, that's kind of what I would want to see. So our certification process is quite intense in the sense that we only bring in partners and suppliers that already do this for other types of products and gotcha. so they have expertise in this mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense so you mentioned zero waste at the very very beginning um, yeah. and that's essentially what we're doing um, here and the there's this term which I, I know that you've said before circular economy yeah. um, and you've actually won the Ellen MacArthur award for that yeah. uh, not too long ago which Ellen MacArthur is one of the kind of proponents for the circular circular economy um i found that it's it can be a little bit tricky to explain the circular economy in like five words um but what what is this maybe you can do it what's the circular economy uh it's a it's regenerative um system so things that are non-linear you know Mm -hmm. kind of um uh you could um, visually imagine it um, something that's going to come back onto itself. Um, so hence circular. And the economy part is um, the that enable that to be a system which A, works, obviously, B, um, that has a value potential for all stakeholders. Um, 
and so that's that's maybe the economy part um but yeah it just come back comes back into itself um there's of course a well it depends what what specifically you are turning into um essentially a service it's i mean another way to say it is it's it is a servitization or of some sort um that not might i mean there are many options to that it might not be relevant for every particular circular economy model um but yeah that's that's a basic principle behind it yeah i think it's interesting would um would recycling count as part of the circular economy so i mean you know instead of reusing as you're saying what you know couldn't we just like take a cup, recycle it, and then turn into maybe a new cup or something else? Right. So two things that measure impact. Um, one is uh, what the circular economy, uh, the measurement for um, how valuable your system or product or service might be compared to others if it's measured under the CE principle, it's MCI, so it's Material Circularity Index. So it's looking at how uh, how much value do you get from, from the actual sort of materials as they are spun around. So your, and that's actually a measurement from zero to one. <laughs> so a system where you are reusing a product many, many, many times will naturally have a much higher Material Circularity Index. So ours is 0.9. Oh, wow. versus a single-use cup, which is 0.1, hmm. right? And if you think about it, you can argue that actually both of them, if, if they're both recycled at the end of life, both of them are technically being reused. You could say that. The difference is that, and I'm going to use an elastic band because it's right in front of me, is that, why not? Let's get yeah. Props. Proppy. <laughs> Give it a background. Ooh, so, so, ooh, uh, this is where my background fails because I need to expand this. So <laughs> if this is the reuse model of uh, Cup Club, the reuse model uh, where we have a product that's in circulation many, many, many times, the reuse model of a single use would be like this big mm. or bigger, right? I can't proportionately do it ninefold for you. And it's because the material that somebody will get from a single-use cup at some point will take much longer to get. Um, and it will also uh, be a more complex process than just simply keeping it in one location and servicing it and reusing mm -hmm. it, right? So... When somebody says, well, why don't we just recycle? What they're saying is, I'd like to give the really long version of, um, of the potential of something versus let's actually use a very short version. And I'm doing long and short because the long version uses more carbon and the short version uses less carbon. So when you're measuring impact, you're measuring MCI because circular economy is not the whole picture. You're, you're measuring MCI, which is material, material Circularity Index, and you're also measuring the carbon, which is what an LCA does. LCA being life cycle. cycle yes. So that's the main function of a life cycle assessment is to measure your entire supply chain or whatever you're measuring to see what is your carbon input, output, um, and then, yeah, overall. And so um, once you've got that, that's great. Then you can look also at your MCI. And if both are performing well, great. 
Um, but there's two parts to that picture. Yeah, this is um, really interesting stuff. It's pretty, <laughs> I can see how it can get really technical very quickly. Uh, and we're, I think, kind of doing general top line stuff so far. Yeah, let's keep it simple for people. Aren't yeah, exactly. Um, at this stage. <laughs> there's a point, yeah, where uh, even my, yeah, my brain starts to fry a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of moving over to the to the retailer retailers you're working with, um, I know a little while ago you said that you are looking at or you were working with John Lewis and Waitrose. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Waitrose. Um, there's one across the street that I frequent uh, a lot, and um, I have, I'll have to take a look next time I'm there. Is it is it basically every Waitrose in London, or is it in a specific region? Oh, no, 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 no. So we we haven't yet in London. You won't find Cup Club in retail just yet. Okay. And that's the plan at this stage uh, later on in 2020. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, not yet just yet. So our first retail launch is in the US, which is next month. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, so if you're in the Palo Alto area, that's 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 where you'll find us. Excellent. Well, that's actually where I'm from. Uh, from right. Cool. Yeah, so not too far from Palo Alto. It's about a 15-minute drive. Sorry. Long way away from home. Yeah, a bit. Um, but I do love London. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm from the from the Bay Area, so maybe right. next time I'm in um, anywhere in specific, I should we should look for. Uh, so if you uh, frequent one of the major universities there, um, you will find us there, and then also some of the neighboring cafes. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I remember you were saying Come on that. Down. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, I'll have to uh, let my uh, cousin know. She goes Def- to. Oh, the... please send like everybody to come yeah. because really, I mean, what we're what we're demonstrating is um, so Cup Club is one of the winners of the Next Gen Challenge. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've um, heard about it or read about it. It's um, been funded by um, Starbucks, McDonald's, Coke. Uh, Yum Brands, Nestle, and Wendy's. Wow, big news! Um, yeah, and um, and it's I mean it's it's also something that we naturally have um, have really kind of uh, taken to the next stage with with those brands. So this for us is a great opportunity to engage with you know, our audience, mm-hmm. make sure that there is uh, enough of that buy-in and um, interaction. We're using this particular launch really to hear from everyone. So it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be um, part, we're partnered up with IDEO. So you might, you might've heard of who they are. They're an innovation firm who we absolutely love. And so there's, there's uh, a team of us who will be doing a lot of the research on the ground, interviewing people, seeing how they like it, what would they change? So um, it's a really great time to, I guess, come on down and, you know, really give us every, all the feedback that you might have. Um, it's the first time that the apps are going to be launched properly. So we've been, of course, testing this a lot behind the scenes. And it's, um, yeah, so really this is an opportunity to um, get involved and tell us what you think and what, what you might want to see and change about it. Oh, man, that's so exciting. You must be um, <laughs> you must be getting thrilled right now. Yeah. About... It is. Yeah, I'll be out there at four or five weeks. So. Wow. Yeah, so you're, uh, yeah. yeah, you'll be there um, feeling the buzz of Silicon Valley. And um, yeah, I mean, we've been there for, we've been going backwards and forwards for about eight, 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 ten months now. So yeah, I'm, I'm well versed. So that's um, because yeah. I think we'll be publishing this around the time that you'll be 
uh, actually releasing this. So this will oh, be- Oh, that's great timing, yeah, for so, sure. Uh, just for anyone who's listening, that timing should be around mid-February, I guess, of 2020? Yeah, exactly. Mid-February, cool. yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And how long is that trial going to run for? So it's defined for, um, I mean, the, the the test period is a month. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be running and uh, adding more and more um, uh, stores, et cetera, to the network. But it's... It, the first month is really the most, uh, I guess, um, fluid where we'll be listening and hearing from everyone and doing some interviews and um, taking all the feedback. And then after that, we'll look towards more of a kind of observing the data and really improving this and, and scaling this up. Uh, I'm kind of going back to the, to the retailers. I'm, I'm really interested in knowing the, um, the actual proposition to them um, yeah. once this thing is completely off the ground and you're going to retailers in terms of, you know, saving them money or what is that, I guess, what's the, um, what's the pitch that, so if I'm Waitrose or like, you know, some big brand and you're saying to me, this is why you should start using the reusable, the join the cup club. Um, what's the, what are the general kind of like top or main benefits? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, I mean, so you, there are a couple of things that are happening behind the scenes, which you might or might not have heard about, mm-hmm. uh, ordinances, bylaws that are being passed on a city level um, that are going to be implementing certain charges uh, for single use packaging, which means that retailers will have to uh, request um, upfront, um, whether a consumer wants to pay for a, a you know 20 cent, 25 cent additional charge uh, in a to-go container that's uh, sounds similar to the plastic bag 5p exactly. charge here in London. Exactly. The so, UK, guess, yeah. well, yeah, and, and everywhere. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the single use plastic the sort of concept. So this concept isn't new. We know that it works. It's um, certainly going to impact the industry greatly because you can't hide it in the cost of the product. You can't sort of just sort of make it disappear. Um, it has yeah. to be a separate line item that has to exist on somebody's receipt. And it's prompted. So a barista or a retailer or a store owner has to say, sure, would you like to go? Okay, great. Um, that's, and just to let you know, that's an additional 25 cents. Are you okay with that? They have to ask you that. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Versus, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Cause you're the, just going back to this plastic bag thing, as you're saying this, I'm thinking that um, I don't remember the, the actual number, but since the UK brought in the 5P charge, um, I think plastic bag usage dropped by like 90%. It was massive. It's just 5P. And you were saying at the very beginning that even if you save like 25 cents or even 50 cents by bringing your own reusable cup, for some reason, that isn't enough of a motivational factor for people to do it. But paying five cents more for a plastic bag and no one wants to get a plastic bag anymore. So it's it's almost like the penalty is more effective than a reward. In yes. this. So, so the psychology of the, they call it the carrot and stick. So mm. the psychology of the stick is always a more powerful uh, than the carrot. That's been that's been proven by many. Um, I mean, universities have conducted this experiment. It's it, this is this is fact. So. If you are charged extra and told about it, 
you are more likely to behave differently as a result of that than if you are told you have a discount. Yeah. Um, also, the difference is that it will hurt people a bit more in this particular instance because a bag uh, can be replaced with other types of bags. Mm-hmm. So, and most people have a bag of some description on them most of the time. So you are, you know, you have an option. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm shopping. Don't give me a, a plastic bag. I'm, I'm just going to put it in my rucksack, or I'm going to put it. Yeah, worst case scenario, I'll do one of these. Or uh, just carry it like this yeah. out, right? In your shirt. You can't yeah. do that with a liquid beverage. I mean, it's it's impossible to do that. And the only option is that you bring in your own, or hey, actually, there's there's one that will serve you your drink it. The complexity for some cities where it is. Um, where it's difficult for a retailer or a cafe to manage someone who brings in their own is again to do with sanitation and washing. So currently the law in some West Coast cities requires a store to, if somebody gives you a reusable container, they require you to not just clean that container, but clean any surface that container comes into contact with. Wow. That's intense. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not the most easily um, managed product. Yeah, it's not very practical. Yeah. It's not very practical. And it's, I understand that because um, I, you know, you don't know someone's hygiene standards. You can't, you, how do you regulate that? So, yeah. and I've done it many times. I've taken a dirty cup and I said, can you just wash this out? And that's, it's, it's she's, she or he is washing that certainly and then putting it into a nozzle. And so if you think about the, um, the complexity and the concern around that, that's, yeah, it's legit. I mean, it's quite serious. So, yeah. so yeah, but that, that that makes the um, case for um, what we're for doing. Dis- yeah, for for disposable, but then better yet, no disposable, reuse yeah. it. And yeah. That's, so that's um, basically some of the uh, benefits to the retailer is these ordinances coming in, yeah. um, and is that being seen both in in the UK and in the US? Uh, not in the UK, no. Oh, wow. Okay, US is leading on that. Yeah, not in the UK. Who knows? Maybe in the future, but no. So is that part of the reason why you're starting in uh, California? Yes. Makes sense. For sure. There's three main factors when it comes to what we do. One is legislation, the other is Mm -hmm. the economics, and the third is uh, social. And so those are the three benefits Mm -hmm. that you're basically... Well, those three have to align those are your criteria for knowing whether this is the right city for us or not. Oh, I see. Is the legislation in alignment? Yes. Are the economics viable for this? Yes. Are people going to be interested in this? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Let's go. <laughs> and does it save the retailers money in the long run? Uh, we are working on something that we're, we're this is what the, the, the one month test is really going to help us to see what opportunities there are for that. Mm-hmm. So we are quite excited about it. That's one area that we are going to be looking very closely on. I mean, with scale, 100%. Yeah. And obviously, in the interim, it's quite hard to do that, right? So it's more about, right, well, if you can forecast for a year and you can get to a certain threshold, no brainer. But, you know, what do the moms and pops and cafes that don't ever have that kind of volume yeah, how do fit into this network? Mm-hmm. So... Um, you kind of have to, yeah, we're working on this. 
but currently our pricing structure is so that it won't be more expensive, mm-hmm. but it, it's not going to save you money right now. Gotcha. So it's about scale and taking it to that critical point and how quickly can we take it there so that it actually is a more economically beneficial and exciting opportunity. Yeah. That's, um, I think that's one of the most important factors with anything in terms yeah. of sustainability. Yeah. It has oh, yeah. to just make financial sense. Oh, yeah. Totally, 100%. And we spent most of 2019 trying to really define what that looked like for yeah. a lot of the customers who who were very keen on Cup Club or are keen, but for them, the economics of it really have to stack up yeah. uh, and almost price match. And that's very hard to do sometimes with something that, A, has existed for you know almost a century. Um, in a proven, you know, in a proven uh, context, and is so widely distributed that naturally the pricing structure of that has, you know, really been properly boiled down to something yeah. um, so minute. Whereas we are starting, you know, right from the top, and we're kind of trying to make our way down into something that um, that can look similar to what they're expecting. Yeah. Well. Best of luck. I mean, thank you. Yeah, we're all rooting for you. I'm really cool. looking forward to hearing the uh, results from Palo Alto. For um, sure. And Send as... your buddies from the university in Palo Alto. Absolutely. Across. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it would be funny if we're uh, thinking of completely different universities, um, but I'm pretty sure we're on the same page. <laughs> I think there's only one, as far as I know. <laughs> same here. Okay, good. Then. <laughs> cool. For anyone's watching, you know where it's at. <laughs> yeah. um, and as we wrap up in the last um, minute or two here, um, two final questions. In addition to uh, creating a reusable cup empire uh, what are some of the things that uh, you're doing on a day-to-day basis um, to be more environmentally sustainable that our listeners can take away and maybe start incorporate incorporating uh, oh right yeah now? sure um i mean so i cycle all the time mm. um we actually don't even own a car nice <laughs> um so it, that is possible it's it's a bit understandably it's it's, it's a lot harder if you're in the u.s um, yeah i completely get that um, so I do cycle everywhere. I, I have like a 10 month old and, um, we use, we kind of set up a whole reusable nappy station. So we don't use any, uh, disposable nappies or wipes or any of that. So I'm kind of a zero waste mom. We make all our food ourselves. So there's no like food, baby food packaging or there's wow. so much of that waste in, in that industry where you can squeeze it out of like foil line packaging. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't, can't it's, do uh, it. so, it's a bit heartbreaking to see. It's, yeah. Um, and what else do I do? Of course, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't purchase any takeaway food other than what comes in 100% paper. Mm. So that does limit you a little bit, but it just means that you, you know, you, you reserve those kind of kinds of food for when you have it, you know, a sit down dining experience instead. Yeah. So most of my to go are, you know, uh, baguettes from like food markets or um, sandwiches that are prepared in paper um, to go. Uh, what else do I do? And I'll take my reusable uh, bowl or food boxes if I want to go to a food market. I'll just take that with me and I'll say, oh, cool. Can you put it in here, please. Um, and they're they're very kind. They're more than happy to do that. And they don't have an issue with that. Yeah. 
Um, and I've done that at supermarkets as well. So I'll take my own reusable containers. And if I go to the cheese counter, I'll say, can you please put your, put the cheese in here? And they'll start to try and wrap it up in like something. For you. They're like, can you put that in paper for me? And they're yeah. like, okay. Uh, so then, you know, they'll do that. And stick out. So it's gotta okay. Stick to your guns. You've got to stick to your guns. Yeah. Um, it's not that hard. People usually do it with a smile. It's just something that you have to ask nicely. And I've never had resistance with it. You know, yeah. I've never had somebody say, oh, God, no, we don't do that. Or like, no one's that crazy now. Yeah. Now no one's that crazy. Of course, maybe a few years ago, people would have been like, that's not how it works. Yeah. But certainly in the context of you know where we are now, uh, people get it. So um, obviously I've never seen, I've never caught dead with a, re- with a single use cap. Could you imagine? I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> weird guilty pleasure. Yeah. So weird. So I don't do I that. Just come home and throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having a single-use cup party. Yeah. Um, no. So, and I, I do shame my friends and family all the time as well, wherever I see it. And I actually, I do that from you know a good place. I don't, I don't do that to make them feel terrible, but I'll just call them out. I'll, you know, I'll see something on Instagram where they're having lunch and there's just a, a sea of packaging everywhere. I'll just be like, are you serious? Could you, yeah. you not just grab something that was not going to come to you like this or so. Um, it just takes a little bit of planning and foresight. There's and a just, bit of planning and foresight yeah. for sure. And I'm trying to get um, to my next, uh, well, my first ski trip. Um, I'm trying to plan so that I actually get there by train. So there is a way for me to do that when I'm traveling within Europe. It's harder, obviously, to do it um, internationally. But where you can, try and organize it. And I know very good friends of mine also interestingly, um, who do that, who will, you know, you, it's just a mindset. So the yeah. idea of getting on a train and then a boat, you just have to think you've already started your journey from that moment as yeah, exactly. to when you get there, which is kind of how we've crafted our lives. When we get on the plane, we're like, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Our holiday doesn't start until you get to your destination. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in, when you're getting on a train, it's about the, the process. The journey yeah, I agree. I absolutely love, and I love trains so much and I've really yeah, come to appreciate them since I've yeah, moved to the UK is. because they really are amazing. And it, it's really true. I mean, somehow when you're on a plane, you're just thinking, I'm not there yet. You know, how much longer until we're there? But once oh, you sit down peaceful. on a train, mm. yeah, it's peaceful. It's calm. The rocking is really nice. And, uh, it feels like, okay, holiday is started. We're on the train. I mean, it's stress-free. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's true. I mean, planes are not designed. A, you, there's nothing that you can really truly interact with at that high altitude other than clouds. You're not looking at the world go by. Mm. You don't see people. You don't see animals, livestock. or Yeah, uh, little villages. It's not, it's, yeah, so it's harder to really connect other than maybe when you're takeoff and landing, which is a small window. And so... Yeah it's very introspective. It's not external at all. It's more like what's going on on the plane. When's my food coming? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I can't believe like, they have this movie still. Yeah. It's not as enjoyable. <laughs> and the air isn't quite as, as, uh, as yeah. fresh as you'd like. So, so yeah, so trains, that's going to be my thing. Um, yeah, I'm just all, I'm very much open to, to thinking about how we can, you know, 
think about more and more things. It can get a bit daunting, so you just have to do it incrementally. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to hear your, that you practice what you preach. Yeah. Um, so, and the very final question is, um, where can we find you and learn more about the work that you're doing for the people who are interested in following you or um, getting updates? Online? Uh, do you mean from social? Like yeah, yeah, social media, the website. Twitter handle, Safia Qureshi. I'm, um, I talk a lot on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn is a good place as well. Um, yeah, follow our new blog series. So we've started interviewing for 2020 some really amazing supporters of Cup Club who are, who are in the industry. So oh, just cool. Good, um, a head of CSR at John Lewis and Partners, wow. uh, Bennett. Um, and there'll be more as well. So I'll do one every month and release that so you can see that content and read yeah, about cool. it. But yeah, we'll, there'll be lots of new updates happening online. So for sure, if, if you want to figure out what I'm up to. Um, but we, we generally will be posting uh, on our own handle. So cup underscore club on Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. and so you'll you'll hear more about this university that we're launching at uh from feb onwards yeah <laughs> awesome and for anyone who's interested in seeing the website it's just cupclub.com yep awesome well Safia, cool. thank you so much for your time as oh, i said we're all rooting for you and i hope that you um your five weeks in palo alto end up being very fruitful yeah no it's and, um, uh it's gonna be fun come on down and see us yeah awesome. excellent thanks so much Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.